Welcome to Tattoo Freaks and Business Suits, recorded live in the kitchen of the Personal Touch Career Services in Denver, Colorado. I am your host, Donna Shannon. As a professional career coach, I help people navigate the hiring maze to get jobs that they really love. In addition to working with job seekers one-on-one, -on -one, I do have a book available. You will very shortly be able to get the third edition of Get a Job Without Going Crazy on Amazon, so keep your eyes peeled for that. Um, I have a special guest today, um, Ms. Yvette Costa. I pronounced that right? Yep. Oh, good. I always butcher names, so I like to make sure I get it right. Um, but she is a fellow career coach who does a little bit different take on the way she works with her clients. So we'll get into that in just a moment. Our show's purpose is to explore and redefine the world of work, especially as Gen X, Millennials, and those to come after seek positions of leadership that still allow them to be themselves. Every show, uh, excuse me, every show, we will explore a topic related to business or job searching. And of course, we're gonna talk about tattoos. Our sponsor is the Personal Touch Career Services, Denver's top rating career coaching service on Google. Uh, we focus on those practical tools for your job search, including resumes, LinkedIn profiles, job search coaching, and ongoing classes. Check out our ridiculously long website, personaltouchcareerservices.com. Once again, that's personaltouchcareerservices.com, or, you know, you can just Google it. So, hi, Yvette. Good afternoon, Donna. How are you doing today? I'm doing quite well. How about yourself? <laughs> I have no complaints and I'm just so excited to be here and have this wonderful conversation and explore these topics a little, uh, a little more deeply. Yeah, yeah. So um, our whole topic today is going to be about emotional intelligence and why does that really matter? So I know I already said that you're a coach. Why don't you just tell us a little bit more about yourself? Sure, thanks. Oh, wow, geez. The, I was born in 1964. <laughs> <gasps> what? <laughs> I won't go back that far. Yeah. Um, I've got 25 plus years in the corporate environment in biotech and pharma in a variety of leadership roles. Um, and about five years ago, I was laid off from my corporate job, which offered me the opportunity to, uh, to explore other things. Along the way of, of working in corporate environment, I also gained my yoga teaching certification and my yoga therapy certifications. And so when I uh, was uh, released <laughs> from that, <laughs> that way of being, um, it offered me the opportunity to, to explore other things. And uh, uh, somewhere along the line, coaching came onto my, my radar screen and I realized that coaching was a great way to bring together all of the things that I have done in my past, my corporate experience, my yoga experience, and um, really meld those together in a productive way, hopefully to help people um, and coach them, <clears throat> excuse me, in a way that's meaningful for them. Mm -hmm. Cool, cool. And, and the name of your company once again is? Full Circle Coaching. All right, cool. Yeah. So one of the things you kind of specialize in is this whole realm of emotional intelligence. So for our listeners who don't really know what that is, what exactly is emotional intelligence? Yeah, emotional intelligence, when you really boil it down, and you know, I'd love your, your chime in on this, Donna, is essentially being self-aware, mm -hmm. right? Self-aware of what you're bringing to the table and aware, self-aware of how you interact with others. Um, I think that's a good definition because I always think about uh, in terms of 
poor emotional intelligence. <laughs> give an example of this. My dad is a has a PhD in mechanical engineering, specializing in thermodynamics. He did a lot of R&D, big thought kind of stuff for NASA and NREL and, you know, big names like that. And he has extremely bad emotional intelligence, meaning he doesn't <laughs> recognize emotions in others. If you hit him something like literally anything that's going to have an emotional hit, like you catch him by surprise with something, he will sit there and just kind of like blink his eyes at you because <laughs> he doesn't know how to react. And then two year, two hours or sometimes a whole day later, he comes back and he says, I'm really angry about what you said. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's just so out of touch with his emotions. Uh, yeah, that, that sounds uh, very familiar to my father, as well as a very good example of not being in touch with your emotions and having self-awareness. Right. And so how is that detrimental in the workplace then? Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, um, it it's that person, whether it can be a leader, a manager, or an individual, it doesn't really matter, right? That, that is just so focused on the work, right? That's your mm -hmm. father. The nose to the grindstone, just focused on the work without any real um, cognition, right? Or association that there are other people involved here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so... You know, the, the, the downside is there's a lack of communication, there's a lack of sense of teamwork, of camaraderie, trust can go down because you're not sure where this person is coming from, um, a whole lot of things of just alienation of the individual feeling alienated if they were self-aware enough <laughs> to feel alienated, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. as well as the others around them to not feel like that person has their back or as a team player. Right. 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 So in addition to the self-awareness, what are some of the other key components of uh, emotional intelligence or also known as EI, right? Yeah, EQ or EI, yeah. Mm -hmm. Emotional course and emotional intelligence. You see it both ways. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's, it's the self-awareness. So Gallup, you know, there's a whole lot of definitions out there and I'll, I'll rely on the Gallup definition for now. And it talks about the self-awareness, which is being able to recognize your own emotions, self-management, right, which is based on recognizing your emotions, being able to have some self-control um, and being, be able to adapt yourself to the situation at hand. Social awareness, right, which is, hey, that piece I talked about earlier, that's what's going on around you, mm -hmm. as well as having empathy for others. So, you know, being able to project yourself in a way that people think, well, you get me or you at least understand where I'm coming from. So that social awareness is a component of um, EQ or EI as well. And then relationship management. So that's influence and coaching, teamwork, being able to inspire people, but being in a relationship, right? In, in some kind of day-to-day -day communication, interaction with another human being is relationship. <laughs> mm -hmm. And the more emotional intelligence you have, the more positive, the more productive, the more, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for, the more influential those relationships can also be. Right. Right. Yeah. So I think one myth, at least sometimes I, I run into this, is there's like the nature versus nurture mm -hmm. argument, right? It's like we're all born with that innate EQ and it's never going to get any better. Or uh, in some schools of thought, you can do exercises to help increase that. Uh, mm -hmm. So you're not like in my case, so dense about what other people are thinking and feeling. It's not all about me, right? Right, right, right. And yeah, it's definitely a learnable skill. Um, it really is about 
just getting out in your own head to a certain extent. Um, and I think it's been proven, I don't have any studies to cite on this one, but I think it's pretty well accepted now that that EQ, EI, emotional intelligence is something you can learn. Mm -hmm. But like anything that you need to learn, right? Whether you want to learn to play the piano or speak French, you got to practice it. <laughs> right. So just saying, hey, I want to do this or I want more of it doesn't necessarily bring it about. It's, it's actually putting it into practice. That and makes it, perfect sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I wish I could learn French just, you know, by sleeping on the books. Isn't that, wasn't that one method one time? <laughs> just put the books under oh, the yeah. And <laughs> yeah. Or the uh, concept that was kind of big in, in the eighties, um, like when I was in high school and stuff, the, you would have the, your tapes playing on your Walkman uh -huh. so you could learn while you sleep and oh, you just yeah, yeah, yeah. slip your headphones on. <laughs> I don't think it works very well. Um, probably not. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Otherwise, we'd all be doing it, right? <laughs> right, right. So uh, another thing kind of with the emotional intelligence idea is, uh, number one, I think we can all pinpoint somewhere in our past history that we worked for somebody who was not very savvy on the EQ scale, right? Mm -hmm. And one of the things I see a lot people asking me to help getting into different jobs, it's not the work that they dislike. It's not even the pay that they dislike. It's their boss that they dislike. Yeah. I just had a lunch with a, a gal yesterday that uh, said she left her last job because she could, and she was, she was at that company 20 years. She left because of this individual. Yeah. Yep. So improving your emotional intelligence has a real effect on your company's bottom line. Absolutely. Turnover, productivity, engagement, all of those things are impacted by having a better emotional intelligence. Yeah. It's almost like something to look for when you're going in on an interview, right? I, one of the things I coach people on in the interviews is that to ask, what's your company culture like? And if all they say is, oh, we have a great culture. We have beer on Fridays and we got uh, beanbag chairs to relax in and a ping pong table. Right. But nobody's saying the boss is a screaming maniac rageaholic. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> ping pong tables do not define good culture. No, nor do they define good leadership or a, a nice place to work. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's fascinating, actually, in today's day and age, Donna, that people still get away with behaving that way. Mm -hmm. I, I honestly, I just talked to another gal, so whose boss threw stuff. Oh, yeah. I worked yeah. for one of those. Yeah. yeah. But today, and today, she literally just quit, like, the beginning of this month and quit the job because it, today, you know, her boss was throwing stuff across the room and screaming at people. Right. And it's like, how do people still get away with this today? Which is really fascinating. Right. And how miserable they must be in general. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But this is one of the things that I think is really cool because this is a service that you offer that I don't. Mm -hmm. And that's helping people increase their EQ, increase their EI. Uh, and you have a really unique way of doing it because you bring into yoga. Can you I tell me more about that? Yeah. Yeah. It's been a, um, an interesting uh, path to try to bring yoga to, uh, to the leadership uh, because most of the time people think when I'm talking about yoga, I'm thinking about, oh, I'm going to teach you how to stand on your head or breathe or meditate. Mm -hmm. And breathing and meditating, maybe, <laughs> but not standing on your head. And the, uh, the components of yoga that I try to bring into to my coaching are, uh, they're called the yamas and the niyamas. 
And what people in the Western world really don't know about yoga for the most part is that the majority of yoga concepts and yoga philosophy is really about what's going on in your head. It's Mm. not what your body is doing. And many and the majority of yoga principles actually help you get in touch with what's going on in your head. Mm. Yeah. So it's, that's, and so that's where I, I, uh, I love the, this, these concepts and the, the yamas. Um, so to get into them a little bit, the yamas are effectively how you interact, how you conduct yourself to interact with others. Right. Okay. So I call this the external interface and you know, how you conduct yourself to interact with others is directly related to emotional intelligence. Makes sense. Right. And there's five different things that uh, the yamas encompass for you to start looking at yourself to say, how, how am I interacting with others in the, in this capacity? The first one is nonviolence, uh-huh. which obviously we don't go around you generally going around throwing things, but I guess some people do. Right. <laughs> but, I was just about to say the guy who threw yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the guy. That, so you don't really want to do that, but there's more subtle forms of nonviolence. Like, um, taking over a meeting, like somebody's talking about themselves and you take over and direct it in another direction. Mm. That's a form of, of violence to that person. Yeah. Um, there's other, the second one is truthfulness. So generally speaking, we are all uh, primed to try to tell the truth, but particularly in business, how many times do you overschedule yourself? Oh yes. Right? You're basically lying to yourself and to others that you have the time for them. And it becomes a, a very untruthful way of conducting yourself when you keep yourself overly busy. Yeah, that's, that's a very interesting take on that one. Yeah. yeah. Our, time, yeah. our time is a precious commodity. We can't sell what we don't have. Exactly. And non-stealing is the third yama, which is related to the example I just gave. Um, when you, again, when you direct a conversation away from another and onto yourself, you're stealing their attention. You're stealing their accolades, potentially, whatever the, the situation is. Um, time is something that we steal in the business world. Attention. Um, we could not give credit where credit is due, mm. right? That's mm. non-stealing uh, or stealing, and you don't want to be doing that. And the last two are non-excess and non-possessiveness. And uh, the non-possessiveness is one that in, in business and in life, I think is really big because that, that's our attachment. So okay. if you think about leadership, a great leader is seen as exploring options with others, as actively listening to others of, of yeah, I can make the hard decisions, but I'm going to take others into consideration and not being attached to their own way. Right. right. So it's like recognizing somebody else had a better idea. Mm-hmm. I'm not so married to my own that I can't acknowledge number one and then incorporate other people's ideas. Exactly. Exactly. And so the, this yama, this concept of non-possessiveness helps us explore the ways that we become attached to or married to our thoughts, our ways, you know, that, hey, I think my, my ideas are the best. Well, sometimes they might be, and sometimes they might not be. Mm-hmm. Um, and developing that self-awareness of how much, how much of the time are you trying to have your own way, right? Because you're married to, your, to the way you want to do things. Right. So the, taken to collectively, the, the yamas really are directly related to how you interact with others. 
-hmm. and give you some tools and some different ways of looking at yourself that increase your emotional intelligence directly and how you, you know, conduct yourself every day with those around you. Makes sense. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. And then the niyamas, um, those are how you conduct yourself, but others can still see you. So it's okay. not just an internal what's going in, on inside you. And those, the, the niyamas, the first one is purity. The second one is contentment. The third one is self-discipline. The fourth one is self-study. And the fifth one is surrender. And, you know, the, you can see just by the word self-discipline, self-study in particular are directly related to emotional intelligence. Right. Yeah. And the, the one that, that really, that I, that speaks to me and helped me on my journey was contentment. So in business today, so many people are just, they're just not content. They're not happy. The vice president, the senior vice president driving the Beamer, having three houses and great kids and great schools and a great wife, you know, all the accolades they could, they could ask for is still not happy. Why mm -hmm. is that? Mm -hmm. And somebody that's not, not happy and not appreciating what they have can often become difficult in the work environment, right? Because they could become demanding mm -hmm. and striving and pushing people too hard and not recognizing other people's achievements. Um, if you don't recognize your own achievements, how can you recognize others' achievements? Makes sense. Yeah. Right. And I would imagine that kind of ties into gratitude as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Gratitude is huge in um, both in positive psychology, which we didn't touch on, but I also study positive psychology and in, in the, from a yogic focus that just, just having a, a, a conscious practice. And again, every, all of this is practice, right? Having a conscious practice every day, just have one to three things that you identify that you're grateful for and truly mean it begins to, and I'll, I'll jump ahead here a little bit and talk a little about neuroplasticity here. So gratitude is the single, probably strongest, simplest, most effective way you can actually use to start changing your brain and how your brain is wired. And that's neuroplasticity. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, if you, I, we were just, I was just talking about this last night at a, at a talk that I gave. If you tend to focus on the glass half empty, right? Oh, it's raining. We, we, we talked about the weather. Oh, it's raining. Oh, poor pitiful me. It's raining. If you tend to focus on all of the bad things that happened, you strengthen those neural pathways in your brain that that then your brain goes out and finds those things much more easily and much more quickly. Yeah. Those, those negative things. But the opposite of the, that coin is that you can also train your brain to look for more positive things. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, it's kind of like, uh, here's an interesting example of this. My sister and I are, are very, very different. We're like polar opposites, right? Mm -hmm. So one of the things that is a clear-cut example of how your perception changes reality. Mm -hmm. So I love John Denver. I just love <laughs> all of John Denver's music. It's just awesome to me because it reminds me of the family trips that we took as a kid when mm -hmm. I was a kid. My sister hates John Denver, <laughs> despises all of his music because it reminds her of the family trips that we took when we were kids. <laughs> uh-huh. And, you know, that's just one thing. And it's, she's driving me crazy right now because she just got a job in Hawaii. 
Okay. Oh, nice. Yeah, Maybe. we're here in Denver. She's been a beach person for years and years and years, has been posting on Facebook literally for years. Send me to the beach. A beach will solve all my problems. I love the beach. Mm -hmm. Just give me the beach. You know, you've seen all those kind of posts on Facebook. Mm -hmm. So um, she had a few days out there before she starts her new job. And Oh, her friend who's on vacation with her is like posting pictures about how awesome uh, Hawaii is and how great it is there to be there with her friend. And my sister's posting stuff about her feet hurt and, you know, that she battles with depression every day and she's so dreading looking to go to work. It's like, what are you talking about? You just right. landed your dream job in your dream place and you're, you, you're saying negative things. I'm just like, I don't get yeah. it. I don't get it. Yeah, and that's that's neuroplasticity or neural wiring, you know, at work, right? Her, mm -hmm. she has had a habit, and it's simply a habit, right, that we develop of focusing on the negative, mm -hmm. and her brain is simply wired to look for it. Yeah, and you know, and that's why that's why all of this is a practice, and I'm sure what you work with your clients on too is is, is shifting some of their behaviors and thoughts mm -hmm. and how they do things. Um, because it's all wired into our brain. And so just like building our biceps, we have to practice it. We have to be focused on it. We have to um, be consistent with it. Mm -hmm. And if we are, then we, we do change our brain patterns. And your sister could do this if she chose to, right? To start mm -hmm. focusing on the positive. Yeah. And then it becomes easier. Like it, it's just, just like the biceps. It gets easier to lift 10 pounds. You know, you lift 10 pounds. Well, that was easy. Now you built that strength and now you can go to 15 pounds and now you can go to 20 pounds. Yeah. It gets, you know, you keep pushing yourself or, or training yourself to do things a little differently. Um, I think that, that a lot of what people want also with coaching in particular um, is make it all better right away. Let me do one thing. Oh, <laughs> yeah, the magic bullets. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wish I had fairy dust, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It, uh, it, all I can say about these practices, whether they're gratitude or, or any of these others, is that if you do practice them and do them consistently, they do, will make a change in your life. They will make a change in your emotional intelligence and how people perceive you, which yes. is another big thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's, that's a great point because it comes but right back into how other people perceive you as well. Mm -hmm. Because like attracts like. Do you agree with that one? Absolutely. You know, so if you're trying to be a positive and grateful person, I mean, we all have bad days, right? Oh, absolutely. But recognizing even that, that, oh, I am experiencing a bad day right now. This does not mean it will be like this for forever. Let me find one thing to be grateful for, even if it's just as simple as, wow, my coffee tastes really good today. Or, you know, like in my case, I'm having an awesome hair day today. <laughs> you <know? laughs> good for you. you know? Those are good days. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like one little thing can make me happy and that's, that's fine. And I don't yeah. have to focus on, oh my God, my schedule's so jam-packed. I don't know how I'm going to mm -hmm. get it all done. Yeah. And that, and that comes back to the components of when you apply all those things to a leadership position right then then you become more empathetic mm -hmm. um you become a better listener uh you become more curious um you can become also more decisive because you have more confidence mm -hmm. that you're taking things in right and i think that the the fundamental um 
the fundamental reason why people, leaders with high emotional intelligence are, are so liked is because they see people. Mm. And, and I think that, that fundamentally in, in life, but in business in particular, people just want to be seen, heard, and recognized. Yeah, nobody really enjoys being the cog. Right. And so emotional intelligence, I think, is giving people in the business world what, what they just fundamentally want is to be seen, heard, and recognized. Yeah, and that's what we a, all want. Yeah, and there's been a lot of picking on millennials over the past <laughs> few years. I'm not talking about the trophy thing, but the seeking feedback in the work environment uh, just to kind of let them know, hey, I'm on the right path and things like that. Um, Sometimes Gen Xers like me are kind of grumpy, just, <laughs> just, just the way it goes with the territory. Yeah, you know? <laughs> well, I, I revealed my age. Yeah. I don't need to repeat it. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, I need to keep in mind when I'm working with some of my younger team members that giving them the feedback, it's positive reinforcement mm -hmm. rather than why are you bothering me? Go figure it out. <laughs> Yeah, you and I are wired a little same on that one. So it's kind of like, uh, yeah, just, there should be a way to figure that out. You know. mm. But with that said, emotional intelligence isn't just for leaders. Emotional intelligence is for everyone. Right. So millennials having the awareness that they need to ask for what they need yeah. as well is, is developing their own emotional intelligence to say, hey, I, I, I have the awareness that I desire to understand how I'm doing. And they can develop tools and processes to actually sit down with their boss if they're a Gen X or, or, a, or a beyond <laughs> mm -hmm. um, to, to be productive, to say, hey, you know, I, I'd like to do it to do this and have a, an open conversation and co uh, come to an agreement on how they're going to interact for that millennial to get the, the recognition or the feedback that they want and for the Gen X or the manager to do it in a way that is productive and for their own self-awareness as well to say, I need to, as the boss, if they, in this case, as the manager, it's my job, right? To help this person do the best that they can. And this person needs this, you know, maybe, maybe the other person doesn't, but this person does. Mm -hmm. And again, having the self-awareness that, that it's my job and I've signed up for this and I want to do a good job. Yeah. <laughs> right? Most people do want to do a good job. Yeah. I, I will believe that. that. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we're in Colorado, so it's a little different. Yeah. <laughs> the definition of good job might change, but most people want to do it. Right. <laughs> How's that? <laughs> okay, I'll give you that one. All right. Yeah. So, um, real quick, if someone decided that they wanted to work with you directly, what would your program look like? Yeah, so I offer two, two ways, to, well, uh, multiple ways, but for an individual, um, I offer a six-week program or a 12-week program um, to help identify where it is that they want to go. Um, so like all coaching, um, it's based on what the, the client wants and where, where they want to go. Um, and then along the way, building into the, the coaching process, these concepts and helping them in, incorporate them into their lives. And so some real-world examples of how I do that is um, uh, let's talk about shooting. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. So we talked about non-possessiveness, right? So, so 
being possessive or being married to or attached to your, your thoughts, right? Your beliefs, your behaviors um, ends up in expectations of the world being um, in a certain way. Mm-hmm. And when it doesn't happen that way, you start shooting. You should all over the place, right? Mm-hmm. I should, they should, they, he shouldn't, they should do it this way. Right. So should, when you start shooting, it's an indicator that you are, that an expectation hasn't been met because you're attached to something, some way of it do, being or, um, you know, whatever, whatever's going on. So I teach, teaching's part of what I do. I I provide my my clients with some of these these real world tools to start recognizing when you're shooting, you have an expectation that isn't met. And if you evaluate that expectation and you allow, you, I don't want to say allow, accept the other way, whatever the way is that's coming about, a lot of positive things happen. You are shifting your perspective, right? Your mindset, personally, you're being seen as more flexible, easier to get along with, right? Probably a better leader in that case. And probably it's also can impact communication. Because if you decide that, hey, this should that I'm saying that it should be this way, it really should be this way, right? Right. The program, the process, the organization, whatever, it does need to be this way. Okay, fine. That, there's, no, there's nothing wrong with that, right? But then what it is coming on you, and again, this is something I, I teach my clients, is to, then you, then you have to clarify for yourself, what do you expect? And then you need to communicate it. Right. Right? So everybody wins. <laughs> mm-hmm. If you start recognizing your shooting. Yeah. Yeah, that's an excellent point. And I love that it all comes back into communication. Mm-hmm. So excellent communication skills. It's not just a blip on a job description. We really mean it. <laughs> yes, yes. I, I did listen to that one. It's, it's truly, it, it truly is what does that mean, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it incorporates a lot of different things. But with regard to your question was how do I, how do people work with me? Um, it's generally one-on-one. Um, and helping provide them some of these real world tools that are simple to implement in their lives. So it's, I'm all about practicality, right? So your father and I probably would have gotten along on some levels. <laughs> <laughs> make it simple, make it easy to do, or I ain't going to do it, right? Um, right. And that, that's definitely what I'm all about is, is that if it's not simple to implement in your life, people aren't going to do it. We're busy. Mm-hmm. Right. So I try to be very practical and, and have these simple to implement tools and practices that really start making a difference almost immediately. Um, but you don't have to remodel your life. Right. You don't have to sit around and meditate and stare at your navel for two hours a day. Right. <laughs> Cause that ain't going to happen either. Right. Yeah. yeah you okay. should do it. Uh, but you won't. <laughs> two hours is a lot. That is a lot. <laughs> I'll take two minutes if my client wants to do it for two minutes. <laughs> Got to start somewhere. Yeah. That you do. That you do. All right. So now we're coming up to one of my favorite parts of the show where we get to talk about the tattoo of the day. But Yvette, yes. you I, don't have a tattoo. I don't. <laughs> I don't. I'm sorry. 
<laughs> it's never too late. It's, I, it's, it never is. It never is too late. Who knows? So if you were to get a tattoo, have you thought about what you might get done? Actually, I have. There, there has been this in the back of my mind. I just, I haven't pulled that trigger. Hasn't, um, hasn't been a priority, but um, it's, this will sound a little too airy-fairy, I'm sure. But uh, in yoga, the, um, the spinal column is the site of some major energy channels. Mm-hmm. And they start at the base of the spine at the sacrum. And so what I have contemplated getting is, a, is an ohm symbol. Uh-huh. So you've seen it probably it looks like a, a fancy letter three with a tail. Right. I have contemplated getting an ohm around my sacrum because that's the base of the spine and where all these energy channels come together. And ohm is the universal sound of vibration, uh-huh. vibrational sound. So <laughs> right. I thought about it. Right. Okay. Do, do, do you know where that also that placement is also classically called? Um, no, I don't. It's the tramp stamp. Yes. Well, it would be a little lower. Okay. So it would be a little lower. It would a little be, lower. It would be private. Let's and it would not be huge. Yeah. <laughs> it would be small. So it would, yes, yes, the tramp stamp. Yes, I have heard that. But what I'm contemplating, I don't think constitutes that. So it's a bit lower. Okay. But I'll give you that one. Yeah. All right. Well, never too late. Yeah, never too late. Never too late. Well, Yvette, thank you so much for coming onto my show once again. Uh, this has been Yvette Costa. Tell us how people can get in touch with you. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Donna. It's been delightful, and I look forward to seeing you again at another event. Um, people can reach me at Yvette at yvettecosta.com, or yvettecosta.com is my website. Um, either of those work. Uh, I would love to be in touch with anyone that wants to find out more about how they can expand their emotional intelligence by incorporating yoga principles into their life. Great. Well, thank you everyone for your time today. That wraps it up for us. As my producer always remind me, we need to ask for, you know, if you like what you heard, give us a, you know, click that little like button, follow us on all your favorite podcasts. If you got something mean to say, keep it to yourself. (laughs) Otherwise, you know, we'd love to hear your comments. And until next time, y'all have a great day. Bye.